steal at center as Eichel lifted a stick. The free puck to Petrangelo in his own zone. Stretch pass. Eichel is in with a cutter. Third man Martinez scores! Nobody is ever satisfied with one, so we're back for a second hour of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Bennett looking cross ice, Stone intercepts. This time he sends it down in a waffle and go into the goal. It's a hat trick in the clincher. Mark Stone, the captain, makes it 8 3 Golden Knights with six minutes to go in the third period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com, here is Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Some news coming out around the National Hockey League that we will bring you on one-timers, news and notes uh, in the NHL at the bottom of the hour. One of the stories does involve Connor Bedard. Another one revolves around the Calgary Flames, who look like they may have a little stability in order with that organization. So much talk over the last uh, 13 months, 14 months with that organization. But our focus uh, for the next little bit will be on what's going to happen tonight at T-Mobile Arena, the Fortress, back in action. They're working on the ice right now, or in and around the goal creases, uh, making sure that uh, that the uh, place for the pegs uh, is all cleared out, and uh, we will get the pregame warm-up happening just around 6.30 as the Golden Knights play their first preseason game at home, hosting the Los Angeles Kings. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace here at the Fortress, there's the guys, uh, the Zamboni guys. Richie uh, out there, they go out and they shoot the pucks around to make sure everything's smooth and dialed in. They do all kinds of uh, dumps. People can't get in the building at this time, so we'll, uh, we'll paint a picture here. Uh, uh, the, what happens is they go out with sticks and, and their, their shoes and pucks, mm-hmm. and they'll pass the puck back and forth going up and down the sheet just to see how the puck slides and whether or not there's any bumps or anything that uh, is causing an issue. Then they'll, they'll start shooting the pucks off the boards or ringing them or rimming the puck from uh, blue line to blue line in and around the net to see how much it, it hugs the uh, boards, that there's not something that's going to make it bounce out front and test the uh, the bottom dasher, and there's a lot that, uh, that goes into it. But it's kind of one of those, it's a tradition for the guys that drive the Zambonis, uh, and it's also a great uh, preparation for uh, the players to know that uh, little the players have no idea this is happening. But it's great, uh, great uh, research by and uh, just fact checking the ice, if you will. Yeah, no, just making sure everything's ready to go, right? And uh, you know, I, I think for for players, you, you're gonna you're gonna you love the aspect that uh, you know. I think the, the ice is great here at T-Mobile Arena, and uh, you've got this uh, this daily check every single time there's a game. By the way, those two guys, two of my defensemen on Thursday nights. Oh, yeah? With the pickles. We're called the Special Ops Pickles. The Special Ops Pickles. Yeah. I don't know who chose the pickle name, but uh, with the Special Ops uh, Pickles. Uh, they're two of, uh, of our great defensemen. And when there's a game on Thursday night, like a VGK game, yeah. we don't do very well. Because <laughs> we're all the ops guys, and, yeah. and then me. Uh, but it's all the ops guys in and around uh, City National, there's, Lifeguard, and, and T-Mobile Arena. There's a lot. Of games on Thursday nights, a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. We, we we struggle on those nights. That's a bummer. But at least we got uh, we got an excuse. So, so uh, Vegas looking for their first win of the preseason. Wins don't matter, mm. but you do want to feel good about yourself. And tonight they're going to put together a, a line uh, of Brett Howden, 
I anticipate is going to be on the left side, mm-hmm. along with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. Second time in three games that we'll see what we anticipate to be a regular season unit. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, a line that, you know, when, when it kind of came together um, in the postseason, it, it kind of unlocked, I think, a lot for the Vegas Golden Knights. You had Brett Howden, who was so good at, at getting to the front of the net, doing those doing the things you need to do, scoring some big goals, and then the the vision and the patience of Mark Stone, the speed of Chandler Stevenson. All three entities on that line worked so, so well together, um, and it was a big reason why Vegas won the Stanley Cup. So I'm I'm curious to see how that chemistry kind of translates to the first action in preseason. Not going to read too much into it if it's not there immediately, but I, I'm expecting with those three players the way that they play for it to be there. Howden's second outing, it's it's interesting. So much uh, is being talked about how they can roll the lines back the the way that we saw them for the most part. Uh, Riley Smith isn't there, uh, but there's there's consistency uh, with these units. Mm-hmm. But that consistency really only works because there's pairings. There's uh, Eichel and Marchessault yep. uh, appear to be uh, a pairing. Stevenson. Uh, works so well with Mark Stone. Yeah. And you, you've uh, got uh, William Carlson and uh, and the way uh, William Carlson can bring people uh, along with him, and that's Paul Cotter, uh, mm-hmm. can, seems to, to fit into that uh, mix. But when you really get deeper into the research, like it's Howden, mm-hmm. it's Amadio, mm-hmm. it's Barbashev, they, they make those lines click because yeah. if if Matteo's inconsistent or not getting the job done Bruce Cassidy doesn't see that three the the other two working to their full potential yep. if Howden's not getting it done that he's going to see limitations on Stevenson and Stone and same with Barbashev uh, along with uh, with Eichel and and Marcia. so so uh, as much as we focus on the, the tandems mm-hmm. it's really that that third guy that has to get the job done the most and that was what we saw end up you know happening in, in the postseason is that all all of those combinations the the extra guys on the line so to speak it all worked it all fit and you know part of kind of going through this this training camp and going into the regular season early part is you want to try to get to that chemistry as quickly as you can because you know how it can work when it's all going well and you do have the ability if you're Bruce Cassidy to move pieces around as you see fit but I think ideally what what you'd hope for if you're a Golden Knights fan is that, you know, we know how well it works when it's going. You want to try to get back to that as quickly as you can. Barbashev not scheduled to play tonight. Mm-hmm. But Brisson is. Yep. Brisson has played up with Eichel in a couple of practices. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we're going to see Brendan Brisson skate on the wing with Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marshall. So that would be a very high-profile position, perhaps the highest-profile spot for a prospect mm-hmm. in this entire training camp preseason. Yeah, I, it's hard to argue against that. I, I think for Brendan Brisson, should it happen, should that be the line that, that the Golden Knights go with, uh, it's it, Brisson, Eichel, and Marshall. So it's a huge opportunity. And, and we, we've you know talked about how Brendan's added a little bit more jam to his game, how he's been willing to you know, go to areas, make plays, and, and utilize other assets of his game outside of just his shot. And I think if he's got those, those skilled players around him, the likes of Jack Eichel, the likes of Jonathan Marsh, so, and he's able to get into space, 
it, it could be really awesome for him. So I'm, I'm rooting for Brendan because I want to see him alongside those t- those elite elite players. Yeah, if, if he lines up with, with Eichel, and, and Brendan Brisson is not intimidated by anything. He's been around National Hockey League superstars his yeah. entire life with his uh, father, Pat, uh, the head of uh, CAA Sports, uh, and he knows what these guys do. Just nothing is going to, to, to phase him. He's not Ivan Barbashev. No. They play different styles, and... Barbershev can, can go get puck, more of a puck retrieval guy and Bancroft. So there's going to be a, a little bit of a different approach, or Brendan's going to have to alter his game uh, to fall in suit. Does that work with his track record as a shooter, as a finisher? Not really. He's more of the guy that people get the puck to instead of going and getting the puck to distribute to, to others uh, in and around the net. But it's if he's going to play in the National Hockey League, Sooner, yeah. Then you got to be able to fit different roles, make yourself a little bit more versatile in his game, and that's what they'll be looking for tonight. Uh, don't don't get bogged down in chemistry and and uh, uh, all kinds of uh, chances and execution of being in the in 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 that side. It's whether or not he can be functional out there with two established NHL stars. Yeah, I, I, it's more about playing off of those guys, right, and, mm. and, and supplying what the line's going to need on, on a shift-to-shift basis. So I'm really intrigued by it. I, I think it's a great opportunity for Brendan Brisson to see where he's at because you know, when you look at his skill level and, and kind of project out where you'd like him to be in your lineup, the expectation is that he's going to be playing alongside guys like Jack Eichel or like a Jonathan Marcheseau. So you you got to see kind of where he's at in terms of that development, and you're going you're going to get an opportunity to do that tonight. Like does he does he end up being a finisher? Does he end up being like Brett Howden, who's yeah. more of a go get the puck and distribute? Both both high picks in, yeah. in, the, in the National Hockey League. You you write your own story. Uh, at this place in his career, he's still projected to be. A finisher, mm-hmm. and he he put up 18 goals last year in the American Hockey yeah, League yeah. as a rookie. I don't think enough was paid to that because of everything that else was was going on, and Henderson didn't make the playoffs. But 18 goals, your first year pro, is a really good number. Yeah. Now let's see what he is going to be able to capitalize on. If if it was a year ago at camp, I wouldn't be thinking that this was a good fit. Mm-hmm. Because his foot speed and uh, where his game was at and getting to certain areas and force issues and, and be in, in better spots uh, wasn't there. He was more of a shooter. Yeah. Get him the puck, shoot. He's got, from the rookie faceoff, way more of a well-rounded game. And I'm, I'm excited to see what that translates into with one guy that won the Smythe and the other guy who was a runner-up. Yeah, uh, for it. So like, <laughs> you think of a, 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 a great spot, and he's not going to be intimidated, mm-hmm. but what an opportunity for him. Yeah, you can't ask for a better opportunity, and I think for Brendan Brisson, you got to go out there and seize it. We've been talking about that really for the first week or so of training camp is that there are opportunities available. There aren't a ton of them, but they're there. you got to go out and seize it. 
Uh, Cormier is going to play again tonight. Yep. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, no Zach Whitecloud. Uh, wasn't scheduled to play, but did not practice today, uh, and they're reevaluating him. Uh, I'll let Bruce Cassidy speak to that. Uh, one of the first questions that Cassidy got today during his uh, media availability. Any update on uh, Zach Whitecloud? How he's doing? <laughs> Uh, he's getting more uh, tests done to get evaluated. He's off the ice today. Um, you know, we're not really sure, to be honest. Um, I don't know if we'll see him again this week, but uh, when I have better news, I'll, uh, or more news, I should say, I'll update you. Does that open up a little bit, or does it make it a little bit more interesting to watch the, uh, the other guys on the yeah, specifically the you know the right side. There's you know Ben Hutton's moved around. Uh, you know Hager and Marty have played right last year. Sometimes out of necessity, and sometimes we put them there, especially when Theo was out. Why do you miss some time? Petro uh, personal leave. So, um, but guys like Pahal and and Korzak, if it ends up being an extended period of time, we'll get a get an opportunity so yes we are looking at them closer Cormier can play the right um Mayo came over from Arizona last year he's played games so there is depth at that position um we're hoping that it's not serious for Whitey or long term but until he's back on the ice uh yes those guys will get you know more eyes on them looks like for and Jack and well, second effort on pucks is one thing, and it's a second effort league to score um, or create offense. You certainly can get some stuff off the rush power play. He'll be involved in, in that. I think he's good in the half wall in the power play um, and has been good in the rookie tournament in that area. We'll see here. Uh, but in general, five on five, you know, helping those guys track down pucks. You know, Jack will create time and space. So for him, it's like Marshy, right? Get it off the wall, like Barbie, to Jack. Between the blue lines, you know, our centermen are pretty good at controlling the puck and uh, backing teams off. So where our wingers need to be good is getting them pucks off the wall so they can get through the neutral zone with speed and then get available in the ozone to get it back. So that'll be the ask of, of uh, Brees, you know, like to, if he's gonna play in that line. So wall work, uh, get available in the ozone. Um, work to get pucks back in the O zone if the first play doesn't work or connect, uh, which it usually doesn't. And when I say connect, I mean score. Um, so th those are some areas he'll he'll be evaluated on. One spot we kind of talked about from Mason where Riley played for that camp battle. Like Riley obviously had a big impact on the power play penalty kill. How much does special teams impact who ultimately gets that spot, or is it just about kind of five on five? No, I think it's the best player five on five first. PK, we have guys that we feel we can put in there, and we'll see how they do. Jack Eichel being one didn't kill a lot for us. Um, both uh, Colasar and, and Carrier, we, we, I brought that up last year. I'd like them to kill more. It didn't work out that way, no fault of them. I used other people, could get an opportunity. They've been killing now against our, our guys in practice for a year. So the, there's an opportunity for, I would say, those two as well. So there's a little bit of a by committee this year, maybe, um, for that particular spot. Uh, as for the power play, um, yeah, that, that opens up. A, you know, Pav was pretty good on it, maybe in a different spot down low net front, but then you move someone to the elbow. Uh, Paul's got a good shot, maybe an opportunity for him, ammo. So we feel that the opportunities are in-house for, for guys, but it wouldn't be player for player if that makes sense it's it's so i want to see a guy that can complement carly play five on five 
Uh, Carly's used against good players. They have to play a 200-foot game, and then we'll worry about the special teams after that. <laughs> Well, geez, the last time I left there, it was uh, it was a pretty big group hug, a lot of love. Um, so that that I think will will come back right right away. I think once the puck drops, it's game on. You're kind of focused on what's going on. Um, so it'll be cool. I think honestly, Ashley, that'll be more October tenth or tenth, right? I think our opener because now the it's just it'd be a different energy that night. I think that's when you get a little more sentimental. Well, he's a little more assertive uh, the other day in Colorado trying to break pucks out, which we needed. Some of our other D I thought were playing on their heels. He was on his toes, um, got involved in the offense. The power play, I think he, he, he did a good job with both Gary at the top. He can move pucks. He can see it. I think that's one of his strengths. Um, we have some of those guys, so for him, the challenge would be the five-on-five -five game, defending, closing off plays. And I, and I think there was more commitment the other night already to that. Now, that could be a year in the league. It's, I think, very normal when you come in. You're playing against men now, and it's just tougher, and mentally you just have to get over that hurdle that, hey, if, you, if I want to stay in this league and belong in this league, then i got to act like it, right, and, and not get intimidated or in off some of those players. And I thought the other night he did a better job with that. He's never going to be a close like a hagger, obviously, but he's going to have to do his find a way to get it done, and I thought he did a good job of that. You've got a small guy crew when you were in Boston, so are you okay with a defender of that size? I am. You know, Tory brought a certain skill set that we needed. He was a – I thought he was one of the top D-men on the power play in the league at the time. Um, and we needed that for our power play. We had a lot of bigger defenders. Maybe we didn't have a Theo, so we needed some of that. So that was Tory's opportunity to sort of get his foot in the door. And from there, he was able to defend and be strong enough. Tory was about 190. He was a pretty strong guy, 195 pounds. So uh, he could handle some of those net front battles. Um, Grizzlicks was another one, though, that's small and has found his way in the league. So that's a matter of personnel size would be a discussion you'd have obviously with your you know gm and your coaches to see what's a better fit we like the bigger bodies but it doesn't preclude him from playing for us if he's better than what we have and that's the way i would look at it for the younger guys is it their job to kind of plant a seed in your mind that if you need to make a recall during the regular season they'd be first Sorry? they would be first yeah. is that what you're yeah like it just you know, Kelly comes down and says, hey, we need this. And your recall is, for me, it was good. I trust him for you. Yeah, well, that's, that, that's a lot of what happens when you bring return as many people as... I'm not going to walk in the room and say um, to J Brabanek, hey, you, you can take Jack Eichel's job at camp if you have a good camp. It's not happening, right? So um, I'm not going to the guys when it comes to that. It's This is the opportunity that could be in front of you if, if you play well here and leave here with a good impression, go down and follow it up and Henderson play well, then maybe you get the call ahead of pick your player down there when our when, when we get an injury. So, you know, the, the left-wing battle that you alluded to is a different matter, right? There is a spot, Riley's spot to take and it's in-house first, but maybe someone comes from there and, and outplays Pav and etc. But for those younger guys, no, they've got a sort of know that hey when i leave here knowing that it's a full house 
I want Butch to know that you know I can play and I'm I'm going to do what it takes to to get in his lineup and you know that that's to me is how the young guys have to look at it. Now Cormier's a year into it, so I don't know if I'd put him necessarily. He should be thinking, I got to outplay Corsi, I got to outplay Paul, those guys. But the younger guys, it's a little more. What am I? What kind of impression am I leaving? And that's just the real realities of the salary cap world. I think, you know, when that came in, there's guys with guaranteed contracts, and that's sort of what happens. Unless, hey, every once in a while, a guy completely kicks the door down. Um, but I'm saying, generally speaking, that's how it plays out. Well, the Colorado one, it's a long day, right? It's the adjustment of altitude. It's not that. Yeah. Well, they, hopefully they're, they're, they got a little more jump in their step because that's what both San Jose and Colorado did to us. I think they, you know, they knew that we're coming in. We have to look at the same way, you know, let's get on top of them early. Um, you know, before they get their legs and and force them to play from behind. Now we got the first goal the other night, so we did play. We did respond a little better than we did against San Jose in terms of a start. Uh, we just didn't finish the first period very well. But yes, I think there's a. It's a little easier to play at home, especially after you know we we had three days. I thought we were working, so there's a little bit of fatigue from training camp. And when you're at home, that I just think, you know, not traveling that afternoon, getting some rest is going to benefit the home team. Yeah, but I, I think the first week is evaluation. I think we're still in that mode, to be honest. These are the first game for who's going in now tonight, Hilly, Petro, Marty, Jack. So they've got seven or eight guys playing their first game, and you don't just pick up where you left off. Um, so do we need to win at some point when we have our lineup in there? I'd hope we'd play play well towards the end of it and look like a good hockey team. but. Right now, I, I'd like that to happen. Don't get me wrong, but that's I'm not going home tonight if that's not the case. There's still evaluation going on, and I'd like guys to, you know, start building their game. The guys, it's their second go around tonight, their second game. Then hopefully they're a little farther along, and um, as we go through that, that's how it plays out. Bruce Cassidy on his morning availability, running through a, a lot of different subjects. Uh, Zach Whitecloud, they're just not sure oh, about the injury. Hopefully get more information in the next uh, couple of days and be able to put a time limit on how long he's going to be out and whether or not he'll, he'll miss any time next week when they, they back, get back into it and play their final three uh, preseason games. Uh, a lot of what we said about Brandon Brisson, he's got to go off and create second chances for everybody not just for himself but get pucks back and keep plays alive keep zone pressure alive be more of a, a re puck retrieval guy mm -hmm. with the likes of, of jack eichel and jonathan marcheseau and you know what if he's able to do that and, and that's going to be the avenue for him to to push his his career to that next level every every player wants to get to the national hockey league and, and we we know what kind of shot brendan brisson has but you're going to have to layer it with other aspects of your game, especially if you're going to play uh, alongside a, a player like Jack Eichel or Jonathan Marshall so, or, or project into a top six role. So all that being said, it's an opportunity for Brendan Brisson to show those different layers in his game and, and show that he can play alongside those guys and extend those plays. Sometimes I feel sorry for players who are considered to be organizational top prospects. Like Louis Cormier, is, he's different than any other blue line that they have in the organization yeah he's a small guy who has to defend with his feet an amazingly talented skater puck mover 
and has a huge shot. But he just is not that, that big body. And he's a second-year pro. There's a handful of guys in this organization right now who are or should be further ahead mm-hmm. than, than Lucas Cormier. And we, we, we love this, the sweet style of Cormier that he plays. But I would not be surprised. I, I think he'll play a game this year, mm-hmm. depending on what happens health-wise. Like I, I do think he gets that first National Hockey League appearance out of the way. But Cormier's not a guy who I think should be putting pressure on himself or people should be having expectations that he is going to be any type of regular or first call-up when it comes to the needs of of the Vegas Golden Knights. There's just other people now that have more experience. Yeah, and it's it's a versatility thing, too. Like, you you talk about how unique of a defenseman he is inside of the system, which which makes a total sense, but you can't necessarily control what the opportunity is going to be in the regular season. If you need something a bit more steady or you just want to lean on experience at certain times, that's going to go against Lucas Cormier in certain time in certain times. But you just have to continue to build and do the do the right things that you need to do in order for when you get that opportunity, you're ready to go at this league. It's a story. He yeah. scored the other night. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it was a story in the rookie faceoff that he was one of the leaders of that group. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's been to camp three times uh, now. Like He is part of this organization's future mm-hmm. and the foundation. And the flash of Cormier and that unique skill set makes us all drawn to it Mm -hmm. yeah and it's just it's sometimes in this case i don't think it's fair to have all of that on him uh as far as looking at significant time this year or be in a battle to be that first call up right now i i i'm looking at the the names Mm -hmm. and kaden korzak is a name that 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 jumps right out uh hall like there's there's a number of guys that uh that with the depth of this organization has, uh, who would be ahead of, and that's not a shot at, at Lucas Cormier. It's just more seasoning, more development. He's made great strides in yeah. a year with his confidence and uh, picking picking those spots. Uh, in two years, it's probably time. Yeah, but to spend two to three years in the American Hockey League under the guidance of Jamie Hewitt, that's a that's just unbelievable opportunity yeah i mean i i think that you know the the opportunity that that we're kind of looking at here to to push would be more for a Braden pahal or more for a caden korzak because i think they're at that level and they're at that aspect in their career where they should be pushing down Mm -hmm. the door they should be and i think for lucas cormier he's 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 that next wave. He wants those it. Guys. He wants it bad. And, and every player should want it. And he should go out there every single time he gets an opportunity in, in the preseason playing like he wants it. He, had a, he, he was a bright spot for me in the Colorado game. Can he do, can he do it again? Mm-hmm. Can he do it again? Can he make it a conversation? But even if he doesn't make it a conversation, as you mentioned, it's not the worst thing in the world because he's still got time to continue to grow into the player that he's going to be. He's, he's in a tough spot in a way. Because he's got the offensive skill set. So yep. who who has that with Vegas? It's Petrangelo, it's Shea Theodore. Yep. 
he would be the obvious guy to go in if one of those two guys went out. Mm-hmm. But is that where you want to put him in, in, in that kind of situation where you're playing a, a, a lot more minutes and you're quarterbacking the power play? Is yeah. he ready for, for all that? Or is he uh, a guy who, if somebody else can't go, is he necessarily a great fit to be on your third pair? Mm-hmm. Probably not mm-hmm. using him to where his skill set is is to its most effectiveness. Yeah, so exactly. He, it, there, there's at this stage of his career, yeah. he's right in in the middle of being almost uh, stuck in the in the call up. Fantastic. And, and I will say again, mm-hmm. his shot is the most under estimated rated appreciated part of his mm. game it is hard yeah. and heavy and you don't think that about a guy that's uh, under six feet tall but it rockets off his stick yeah. if people get a chance to to watch him in practice uh take a look is it he will be right up there with the harder shots uh, on this team uh let's take a break and uh, i'll bring you up to date with why this is a really interesting camp uh for the vegas golden knights and also uh, let you know some of the other things that are happening in and around the national hockey league but let's give away some tickets right now okay four tickets to friday's game against the arizona coyotes the other team that went down under uh, the coyotes they're going to be better this year I don't think they're making the playoffs, but they're going to be a bit better. Somebody was trying to convince me today that they're going to be the shock of the league. No chance. Uh, Producer Bob Bender with the National Hockey League and the Chirp Podcast. uh, He was trying to convince me to go down that path on on the podcast. I'm I'm not doing that for you. Sorry, I'm not sticking uh, my neck out uh, for that. Uh, but uh, Arizona's going to be here on Friday, uh, face-off uh, just after 7 o'clock at T-Mobile Arena, and uh, we have four tickets to give away. Which caller? Let's go 11. Caller number 11. That's borderline nasty to Chapman. 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340. We'll be back with one-timers next. Carlson left corner. Centered one-timer score! It's time for one-timers. one-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. I'm going to say it right now. This is the most optimistic, fun, a lack of drama, no real headaches training camp I've ever been around in the National Hockey League. Not everybody gets to win. Okay, so teams come back and they tried. They're trying to do better than they did last year. Mm-hmm. If you if you didn't win the Stanley Cup, then if you did win the Stanley Cup, there's usually some departures. There's uh, some kind of drama in and around uh, trying to put the the guys that are coming into the organization into the right mode. There's none of that here. It is the most beautiful mood and content mood around any type of training camp in the sport of hockey that I've witnessed. Content, I think, is probably the correct word, right? Like, there's there's not a, a lot that needs to be discovered. You're you're not worried about too many things right now. I think if you're if you're both the Vegas Golden Knights or a fan of the of the team, um, you're just wanting to get to to October 10th. You're just wanting to get going and into the season again and, and to that opening night and the banner raising. We'll see how it progresses from there. Their schedule is really good uh, off the start. And remember, a year ago, Vegas tied the best record ever in the National Hockey League over the first 15 games with a record of 13-2. and two. So they've got to measure up to that uh, as well. So they'll, they'll be playing 
comparables throughout this season. Mm -hmm. But right now, before things get really intense and focused uh, for the start of the regular season, the points uh, really matter. It's just nice being around the team. Guys are guys are focused. Yeah. I'm not trying to give you the impression that nobody's doing the work that they're supposed to be. They are. Yeah. But for for massive storylines, like what what is the biggest storyline going into camp? It's who's going to fill in on William Carlson's wing. Yeah. And they have great options there. Yeah. There's three or four guys that you, you've got confidence in to do that. It's awesome. We hope that Zach Whitecloud is back in, in the uh, near future. So we've got to run through a couple of things. Uh, Connor Bedard. Yeah. He's going to make his preseason debut tomorrow night for the Chicago Blackhawks against the St. Louis Blues. He's playing on a line in camp with Taylor Hall, mm-hmm. a first overall pick yep. himself, but now 31 years old. Almost 300 goals for Taylor Hall, so he can he can get it done. And Ryan Donato hmm. is also going to play on that line. Uh, here's Donato. Eighth year in the league. This is his fifth team. Hmm. And he's going to start on a line with Connor Bedard. Here, what, what I love about this is Bedard should be a superstar. Hmm. Fifteen years from now, uh, let's go ten. Let's go ten. Bedard's still playing. Okay. He's, he's 28 years old. Sure. He's an absolute rock star in the NHL. Taylor Hall will be 41. Okay. Uh, Ryan Donato will be 37. They'll be retired. Yeah. And they're going to come to a game somewhere, uh-huh. and they're going to bro hug with Connor Bedard, yeah. and they're going to get right into it and go, remember – when you broke in, they'll be able to dine out on this with tickets to see Connor Bedard or Access or whatever, they're, whether they're in the media or uh, management. That will be a cool thing for Taylor Hall and uh, Ryan Donato in 10 years' time when they're, when they're done. That's how neat it is that they're the first line mates of, uh, of Connor Bedard. Does, uh, does Taylor Hall's MVP award take second place to playing alongside Connor Bedard? Ooh, individually, no, but in 10 years? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's the question I'm asking you. It it probably has more influence. More more cachet? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was wait. an MVP. Uh, so okay. in, in 10 years, he's a 28-year-old superstar. I was an MVP of the league, or I was the first lineman of Connor Bedard, who's rocking it right Connor, now. Connor was dropping uh, backhand sauce past three yeah. zones. No, right on the tape. I don't know whether this works. Like, <laughs> ta- remember it was New Jersey where he went into. No, no, it wasn't New Jersey. Was it? It was Boston. Boston? No, it was Buffalo. 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 Yeah. Yes, where uh, they had it all planned out mm-hmm. and it didn't work. Right yep. with Jack. Right. Yep. yep. Yeah. Uh, and and it didn't pan out. Didn't deliver on that. So yeah. uh, just let's see where it goes. But if it does. What a cool thing in in the future, in oh, yeah. 10 years' time. That's an MVP. He'll be walking around the rink going, hey, uh, <laughs> can I go see Connor? No, he's, he's not. He's not. Uh, he's in treatment. Uh, tell, him, <laughs> tell him Taylor's here. Uh, I was his first line mate. Yeah. yeah tell, him, uh, tell him Taylor. Or with your kids. Hanging out. That's true. Yeah. You're, you're, you're 41, you're, you're 37, and the kids are watching the TV, and you go, hey, 
Jimmy. That's that's. I was a, his. I was his first line mate. You're 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 probably right about all this, but I find it incredibly fascinating that Connor has not played a game yet in the National Hockey League, and we're we're kind of projecting out ten years that for for Taylor Hall in that moment ten years from now, the bigger selling point in terms of his career achievements or or just the cachet that that doing something in his career will have is as more more impactful is I play I was the first line mate of Connor if, Bedard. If it's your kids? Yeah. What do you yeah. think? That trophy over there, which they weren't around for, and they think, oh that's the olden days. Or do, the guy that they're watching right now going, You played with Connor Bedard? Do you have projections for Connor? Like the more you see I'm on the high end. Where are you at? I'm right I'm seventy plus points. Okay. There's people that are fifty-ish. I, uh, I wouldn't go there. I, 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 I'm, I'm I, going sky high. I'm, uh, I'm on the high end, and I'm, I should be more conservative on that. That's seventy points is really hard to get in the National Hockey League. It's more an offensive league. Uh, they'll be playing a little. There's some run and gun. They put some veterans in there, but boy, oh boy, that's, I'm, I'm hopeful for them. What I've seen in the rookie games yeah. and then the scrimmage this week, yeah. he doesn't need a lot of room. <laughs> He's making so many plays. He doesn't need. I like saying that. He doesn't need uh, a lot of room. Uh, Calgary Flames, a <laughs> uh, couple of uh, things going on. Uh, Michael Backlund, mm. this is huge for this organization. Yeah, one, one of the biggest moments in the Calgary Flames organization in five years. Mm. Uh, Backlund re-signed for two more years. Okay. And it's $9 million a year, and he was named captain. Wow. So that that yeah, is a, a great city, a great uh, organization. I love everything about Calgary, but it's taken some knocks lately, and I don't, yeah. I don't get why. This is huge just to settle things. It's not a five-year extension, mm-hmm. which I'm sure they would have liked. It'll give them a chance, Backland, to see where they're going. But just to keep not have to go down that road, because Boston was all over him. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, you're talking about a, a really good hockey player in Michael Backlund, and you know, I think that if you ask everybody in that room, they'll they'll look at him as the de facto captain anyway. So, for a team that hasn't had a captain, it's been kind of a, you know, a tough year as you mentioned, 14 months or so where it's just been down on the Calgary Flames. I think getting Michael Backlund in, back into the fold, having that C on his jersey, uh, you're going to get a lot of goodwill and, and a lot of good feelings out of that. And hopefully the vibes in the room are going to be improved now that they you know, are, are moving in that direction with a new coach. So I, I think it's a big, big, big moment for the Calgary Flames. Now here's the flip side. Okay, uh, Jacob Pelche took a big hit the other night, and he's going to have shoulder surgery. Or, as I like to say in the business, surgery on the shoulder. You knocked out shoulder surgery, though. Yeah, well I, done. I, I had to really pause on it. Uh, so the uh, the 22-year-old is going to be out for a while, and they were they were really hoping for some things uh, from him just to give the offense a, a bit of a sizzle. Josh Norris, remember he had the yep. surgery on the shoulder last year? Yep. Uh, he's looking forward to uh, getting into uh, – a regular se- or sorry, a preseason game here very soon. That's they're they're eyeing it up anyway yeah. uh, right now. So that's positive for uh, Josh Norris and Justin Falk expected to be back on the ice 
tomorrow after the Blues defenseman suffered a lower body injury uh, the other night in a game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Since you brought up Ottawa, do you buy them as a team that can take the next step? Yeah. Do you think they do it this year? I, they'll take a step. Yeah. Like, what's a step? Being well, better I, than they were a year ago? I mean, yeah. a, a step has, like, to me, a step is get into the playoffs. I don't know whether they, are they better than Buffalo. I don't think so. Yeah, that's, that's Buffalo. Hard. Buffalo to me, and, and I've said this year after year after year, but Buffalo to me is the team that needs to push it down and find a way into the playoffs. And I think they're ahead of where Ottawa is. Probably more urgency on Buffalo to Has get to there, be. especially with that organization and uh, Pagula taking over as president. Like, there's some weird things mm-hmm. happening there. Ottawa's got a new owner. Uh, got just uh, Michael Anlauer just spent a billion dollars uh, on that team. And then you got Detroit. Yeah. Can they find uh, some some more magic? There's three teams that are on the way up there. Yeah. And we'll they're not all three are getting in. I don't think two of them are getting in. One. I think if you're if you're gonna make a run there, it's gonna be one team. And who are you gonna beat out? You're gonna beat out Tampa. You're gonna beat out Florida. You beat out Toronto. You're gonna beat out Boston. I really want to. I really want to go know, in on the Boston but, Bruins. But it's, it, that's a hard one. Uh, wow. Those are your one-timers. News notes from around the National Hockey League on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for catching up with Chapman. Christopher, I'm going to get you the manual for that audio board, and I'm going to print it out on my own dime. And I'm going to stand at home with you. I appreciate that. And you, it's up to you to do the homework on it. Okay. All right. All right. Fair if, enough. If, if can we come to that agreement? Hey, let's let's go for it. If you're paid for something, I'm certainly going to oblige. Will you do the homework? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you you've done some work on the board, but you did it three months ago and you forgot everything. Yeah, well, that's the joys of having a long off season. So, <laughs> well, in this case, a short off season, but still a three. You know, you get a new board, you learn it for a day, and then you don't do anything for three months, yeah. and then you come back and it's like, oh, guess what? Oh, sorry, c- you can go off to what uh, what you wanted to. Oh, I, I, you know what? I will do that. So, uh, it is the preseason, so Ryan will be taking a day off on October the seventh, and yours truly will be filling in on the pre, post, and intermission report. So just want to uh, let everyone know ahead of time if they don't hear Ryan on October 7th. Everything's all good. I'm just getting a little practice in. I probably need to practice on the board too, but uh, yeah, so I, I will be filling in for Ryan. You're now updating everybody on your work schedule on catching up with Chapman? No, I guess I, that I, makes I'm, sense I, with catching up with Chapman. I mean, we, I'm we just telling. I'm, I'm, I'm excited because I get to spend... Some hours with the listeners and Bobby, who, who runs the games here in the studio. And, you know, I get to host a pre and post and intermission report for the Stanley Cup champions. So, Which game is that? Uh, they play the L.A. Kings. Last oh. preseason game. Okay. The Saturday right, that's afternoon. the afternoon game, right? Yeah, Saturday afternoon. Wow. Yeah. Do you um, have anything special planned? No, but I'm guessing after uh, my gaffe, maybe the people who approved it might not be on board with it anymore. I'm like, uh, this guy's an idiot. We can't let him let him do this. Nobody called you an idiot. I'm just, I, nobody called me one, but I'm sure the thought no. is going through the minds of multiple people. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple of words that surfaced uh, yeah. through my brain. Well, but nobody, I wasn't referring nobody to you. called you an idiot. I wasn't referring to you. I was thinking of, of people who might be driving around on their way into T-Mobile and hearing 
me over the commercials. Someone actually messaged me and said, "Hey, it's hard to hear the commercials with you talking over them." <laughs> <laughs> don't don't say that too loud. No, no, no. But I got a kick out of that. I got a kick out of that. Our advertisers won't be happy about that. No. Well, no. Chapman, you're going to come down to the game? Yeah, and, and okay. what's the giveaway tonight, right? We're getting something. Yeah, or the it, fans are getting something. Uh, it's sponsored by us. Awesome. It's a banner. Banner. Yes. yes. Yeah, it's a banner, but it's sponsored by us. Well, that's, well, that's even better. But no, no, no. I think it's Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas. Is yeah, but th through Lotus. Yeah, but... Fox Sports is on the banner, I believe. Why are you arguing with me right now? Because that's the station we're on, man. Let's promote our station. We got to fly. Uh, thanks to Ryan Wallace for being around. And uh, stay tuned. The pregame show coming up next is the Golden Knights with Aiden Hill in net. Jack Eichel, Mark Stone on the ice. Get set to play their first game at the Fortress since June 13th, the night they won the Stanley Cup. This is going to be a nice night.